This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Yeah, it's a, it's a point that we brought up early on in this season that we have to win more points towards the end of games because we, the last year and a half that I've been here, we haven't really had that. Now I feel we're mentally and physically more robust to last the games and to believe that we can do it. There's a reason between, uh, behind uh, that we are not at our best because we play against a good side. I think maybe towards the end they they tired more than we did, and that's you know that the extra day we had recovery probably helped us in that respect. So I, I feel for them because I, I feel the team's players deserve more than uh, 48 hour uh, between uh, the kickoff time. So, uh, but delighted with three points, of course. On the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer speaking after Man United defeated Wolves in midweek to move up to second in the table. Ho, ho, ho. Do you still say ho, ho? Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for joining me on the first show of 2021. Wow. I say ho, ho, ho and hello to all my guests as well. Hello, Bob Holmes. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Bob. Uh, joining us as well, wearing his Leeds Away kit, Arvin Sidhu. Happy New Year to you, Arvin. Happy New Year to you, Ross, and everyone else. May the year be better for all of us, football-wise, and everything else as well. Indeed, indeed. And fresh from Neymar's week-long beach party, Des Corkill. Hello! Happy New Year, everybody. Good riddance to 2020, apart from Liverpool winning the title. Good riddance, we hope, to VAR. It feels different, but not quite. Sama Sama, if you know what I mean. You can tweet at BFM Radio. You can follow us all. Uh, tweet us all individually on Twitter. We are all there. Find us. Uh, follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. And we have a YouTube channel up. There is a new video up out. It is TFIF on video on YouTube. Do check it out. Right. Man United 1, Wolves nil. We heard Ole at the start. Uh, Rashford's late strike. Uh, incidentally, the latest Man United goal since 2009. It's, it's a throwback to Fergie times. But suddenly, not from me, i got to add, suddenly there's a lot of talk about Man United challenging Bob Holmes. Uh, yes, I've read it. Um, Crazy talk. <laughs> a, a, a fluky goal in what the sixth minute of added time. Do you know what, um, Bob? Cavani was in the middle and had Rashford not somehow got that in, everyone will be pointing the finger at him because Cavani was mm. in the middle unmarked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, barely deserved win. I thought Wolves were better than they have been recently. Um and probably edge the first half. But uh, I've got to give Oli credit because, uh, I mean, he's, he's been lambasted um, from just about everybody uh, and he's stuck it out and he's got them to a most unlikely second in the league. Um, I mean, a few weeks ago, what, not even a month ago, we were talking about, replacing them with Pochettino and all that. And I mean, I was, uh, I, I was uh, leading that really on here anyway. I know Des stuck up for Ollie, but uh, I just didn't think he had it in him to manage a top, top side. And I still don't think he does. And I, I think United probably come in the top four, but they're not going to win it. I don't think so. 
But all credit to him for what he's done. And I think he owes the agent, the agent provocateur, um, the uh, dreaded agent of Paul Pogba, um, for that pep talk he gave, <laughs> if you can call it that. Remember? Yeah. When, when he was trying to talk uh, Pogba into a move, a lucrative move elsewhere, and it looked like, you know, om pretty ominous for United at that stage, as if there was going to be a, a division in the dressing room and, uh, you know. But since then, uh, Pogba has actually got his act together. Yep. And, uh, you know, showed more, not all his skills, not all. I think there's more to come. But he's looked at least awake and interested, which he seldom did before that. And it's strange that it should come from a comment like that. Is it coincidence? Well, I don't know. But it's ever since those words were said, they're things have improved for United. Yep. So en enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Des Corkill, uh, Wolves had 24 hours less than Man United to prepare for this game. Does it make a difference? Because Ole reckons it does. Well, all, all the top teams reckon it do. And of, of course, I, I suppose it, it really must do if that many people protest about it. But it is the season to be jolly. They're there it to is. play games and entertain us on these uh, Christmas uh, holidays. I just want to go a little bit back to, to Man United and the, they should be where they are. You look at the players that they've got and just so long as you organise them in a reasonable way and having Fernandes at number 10 behind Cavani, Greenwood and Rashford out wide and Pogba uh, reliant upon um, uh, Matic to do his dirty work for him and then you can bring on other players. They should be where they, where they are. And so if they've got the advantage of multi-million pound players doing what they should be doing, then they should be beating Wolves, give or take that extra 24 hours notice. But um, uh, to go back to your original question, yes, of course, it does make a, a slight, slight difference. But Wolves hand, uh, handled it pretty well for 95 yeah. and a half minutes. So I'm not quite sure how you actually point the finger at them for not defending in the last minute but one when it's a wicked deflection that sneaks off the inside of the post. is very unfortunate for them. Poxy Man United. I tell you what, though, the best Christmas present I think any anyone but Man U fans got was Pochettino going to PSG because that was the real fear for all of us. Two unlikely men of the match for, for their sides, Eric Bailly and Pedro Neto, both put in very good shifts. All right, more about United later on. Arvin Sidhu, Arsenal continued their good run under Mikel Arteta. Um, good mini run, let's just say that. <laughs> Brighton nil, Arsenal won. That's two wins in a week now. Uh, Lacazette again with the winner. Slowly but surely, are we seeing this now, the real Arteta's Arsenal, you reckon? Uh... Still, the jury is still out. But the good thing about this is that he's trusted in youngsters. and The youngsters are coming to the fore. Uh, Bukaya Saka, for me, is Arsenal's player of the season yeah. so far. I know we're only halfway through. Uh, Emil Smith-Rowe looked really comfortable in the position that he needs to be played in. Pablo Mari looks like a decent backup for Gabriel, who is out for COVID. Uh, but this was important because no one really felt like Arsenal were going to get a result against Chelsea. They did do that. And then the Brighton game was the one that everyone was looking at. I think this was the first time they've won there since 2017. Yeah. So, so they've not had a good record in Brighton. And obviously, they've got West Brom next, which is another crucial game. So he, he's turned it around. But I, I feel it's down to the fact that he's kind of given a trust to youngsters who show, show to want to play for the club and play for the shirt. So, so let's see how they, they go on from there. But slightly more promising than how it was a couple of weeks ago for Arteta. Mm. Well, what do you reckon, Bob? Uh, have Arsenal turned the corner? Are we now 
going to see them knuckle down and, and work hard and move up the table. Yes, I think so, definitely. I, uh, I never did think they were ever in danger of relegation. Uh, I thought that was ridiculous talk. <laughs> uh, and I thought they were unlucky throughout. Um, and I, I think we on here, we did suggest that Arteta pick the youngsters rather than the guys who just signed their lucrative contracts yeah. and hadn't broken sweat. And it's, he's done that. And I don't know if he listens to the show. Um, I'm but, sure uh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> but it's paid dividends, hasn't it? And mm -hmm. Saka, I mean, yes, a possible player of the season so far. Yet he didn't play that often at the beginning, if you remember. He was in and out of the side. He was a Europa League man predominantly. But he's, he's been their best player. And, uh, yeah, you saw Smith Rowe. What a, what a prospect he is. He looks good, uh, yeah. And Martinelli. Martinelli was out injured. There was no blame attached to Arteta for not picking him. He's, he's been out for several months. But um, Brazilian Wonderboy, another one. Uh, so they've, they've got a side there. And uh, I think it was. It was a blip. It was a bit of a long blip. But I, I didn't, never worried about Arsenal. And I think they'll finish... Uh, mid-table they've probably got work to do to get into Europe but it's a very strange season they'll mm -hmm. they'll be mid mid-table or upper mid-table I think all right well Arsenal motoring along nicely Everton Man City was postponed as was Tottenham versus Fulham because of the pandemic but uh, one game that that did take place the last game of uh, match week 16 uh, it was a goalless draw surprisingly Newcastle nil Des Corkill Liverpool nil I saw that two away wins in six for Liverpool. I was quite surprised. Yeah, no, Carl Darlow was uh, sensational. He was, wasn't he? Um, yeah. uh, so, so Liverpool are going through one of those little spells. And I, it worried me after the Palace game where everything hit the corners, that if you don't hit the corners against the top keepers, you tend not to get, um, get the luck. You don't get gifts like West Brom gave Leeds very, very often. But uh, So Salah's got through on a couple of times. Darlow's made a super save. He's made a great save from Firmino. Salah's put a good chance wide. So it's one of those things where things just aren't happening for Liverpool at exactly the same time they're happening for Man United. Uh, on, on, on those away games, they're, they're rather skewed by the um, obscenities of the VAR decisions at Brighton and at Everton. So you, you look at the, was it uh, two wins in, in nine or something? It's, it's it, 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 in, in all honesty, four wins in nine. Uh, Liverpool haven't been dominated by anybody at all this season, apart from Aston Villa in quite spectacular fashion on the road. So I'm not overly concerned. I think defensively they looked uh, a lot uh, stronger, even though uh, Phillips was exposed one-on-one -on -one versus Wilson. Listen, we're halfway through the season. Yeah. Liverpool are three points clear at the top of the league. They've gone through this monumental injury crisis and they're still at the top of the league. So if this is a crisis, I'll take it every day of the week. Tell you what, we only saw a cameo, but uh, Arvin Sidhu, Thiago is back for Liverpool. And, and that's good news. It, it, could, it could now just suddenly lift results all of a sudden again. If that was a blip they were on, every team would take that blip. <laughs> Of course, yeah, it, it can. And I mean, he was out for a couple of months. He came in for an 18-minute cameo and he looked to be able to play passes that no one could do for both teams. So Thiago is definitely quality that Liverpool and he gives a different dimension to what they already have. I have to agree with Des that they've, they've weathered the storm really well. Fabinho looks like a, a centre-back that could be playing in any, top, any of the, the squads in the Premier League or any in Europe. He's not even a centre-back. He's a makeshift centre-back. Uh, Matip is out for three more weeks. 
My only concern with Liverpool right now is when you look at the points that they've dropped, Newcastle, Brighton, Fulham, West Brom, those are teams in the bottom five. You, you, you cannot, obviously it's happened during a blip, but you cannot continuously let that happen. Jurgen Klopp came out and said he's not overly frustrated, but deep down he is definitely a little frustrated. And Carl Dallow again. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah, so Liverpool just needs to turn that around. I'm sure they will in due time, uh, but there's just something to look out for. You you have to pick up maximum points against those teams. Did, did, can I can I ask Arvin? Did you captain Salah this week in fantasy football? I did, and yeah, that second here. chance that he had, yeah. that, I mean, exactly. That's bread and butter. That's bread and butter. <laughs> for, for Mino gives it to you. He does that little fake, and then you expect him to put him in the corner. But the earlier one that Carl Dallow saved, oh my God, that was that was class. So yeah, yeah, unfortunate for fantasy this week. Bob Holmes, they should revere Steve Bruce up in the northeast, but they don't. Do they? <laughs> he, no, he, he won't <laughs> even get a smile for this point. I don't think. It's an odd one, isn't it? I mean, it's his local team, and uh, he's never said anything against them. Uh, worst thing he did was manage Sunderland, I think, wasn't it? Um, but uh, for that to to make the difference, not give him credit where it's due, I mean, they absolutely love Rafa Benitez, for example. I mean, he came in, okay, he, he did a better job than Steve Bruce is doing, but I mean, even Alan Pardew, they right. took to him more yeah. than Steve Bruce. Um, I think there's a hardcore of fans there somehow that um, don't like him and, and it's spread to others. But um, I think he's doing OK with the resources and the circumstances of Ashley being the owner and everything else. Uh, yeah. Just if I can mention Thiago going back to uh, Liverpool, um, he came on the 74th minute. And I think if Klopp does have any regrets about that game, he wishes he'd brought him on at half time mm. because he, he made such a difference with those passes, switching them from one side to the other, finding the gaps, finding men. I think a few more minutes and Liverpool would have found an opening and, and probably got the points. And that's what he was bought for, to, to make that difference, as Arvin said. And I think that with him, if he can stay fit, I think Liverpool will win the title because they will have that extra dimension. I mean, that guy is probably the, the best midfield player right up there with Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, in the Premier League and on current form he's probably better than Kevin De Bruyne who seems to have lost something this yeah. season Alright uh, Elsewhere in midweek two surprise draws Crystal Palace 1 Leicester City 1 Chelsea 1 Aston Villa 1 good point for Villa uh, but I, we go to the break with, with a quick word from Leeds United fan Arvin Sidhu a 5-0 away win at Big Sam's West Brom good stuff very good stuff. Uh, after the hammering that Leeds took at United, which obviously hurt a lot of Leeds fans, uh, Alioski did come out and say, if we win our games against Burnley and we win our games against West Brom, it's going to be forgotten. And in that sense, it has. Uh, Leeds outran West Brom. I, I agree with Des. Romain Sawyer's gave them a gift. But even before that gift happened, West Brom couldn't get the ball off them. For, mm. for literally, Leeds outpassed West Brom close to 500 more passes. They ran seven kilometers more than West Brom. They just couldn't get the ball off them. And it's quite, it's quite a, it's quite a evolution of both teams because Leeds and West Brom started 2020 and they played a very high level one, one draw in the championship. Yeah. And now you look at what has happened at the end of that. 
but yeah, I mean, quality all around. Rafina, Rodrigo, Bamford—they they all look really good. So good stuff for Leeds, but still playing with a makeshift centre back. They need to get that sorted. But a win—that's important for them. Indeed, right? That's your midweek match week sixteen. First break. We come back with the weekend preview. And once more, footballers of all racial backgrounds take a knee to express a united opinion that Black Lives Matter. On the ball on BFM eighty nine point nine has come up with uh, something beyond the ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Bob Holmes of Insidu and Des Cockill here on our first show of 2021. Happy New Year, everybody. We're here to preview Match Week 17. Right, it all starts Friday night, Saturday morning. Everton versus West Ham is our 1.30 AM kickoff. Um, Bob Holmes, Everton looking to extend that winning run they're on currently to five in a row. Uh, do, do you fancy that? Do you think that that's possible? Are they in with a with a shout this season? Uh, yep, yep. Uh, they do things in uh, streaks, don't they? They won uh, four at the start of the season, then they lost two or three, and now they're on a winning run, and they're doing it without James Rodriguez. Uh, which is uh, a slight surprise because he was considered the main man, just about the main man uh, at the beginning of the season. And I'm afraid uh, doubts are being raised now about him, um, mainly in Madrid, along with Gareth Bale, the, the two are being linked. Um, they're suggesting that it was good riddance and they're questioning the heart of both Bale and James Rodriguez, they do tend to get injured a lot. And when they are injured, they stay injured rather a long time. And this is perhaps in the mind. It has been suggested before. It will be again. And, in, and I think Carlo Ancelotti has got a bit of a job on here to persuade James Rodriguez that uh, playing in the winter in England uh, is, is not a necessarily a, a, a ball of fun. Um, it's cold. It's The tackles are hard. It can be a bit unpleasant out there. And uh, you've just got to get stuck in. And neither Bale nor he are doing this. Mm. Um, so having uh, invested quite a lot of money and, uh, you know, big hopes at the beginning of the season... Um, question marks there, I think, over, over him. And as they have been throughout his career, he's made big moves and he's not quite delivered. So, well, I hope I'm wrong, but I just wonder. But uh, Everton have got, I mean, they're showing that they are a team. Calvert-Lewin is not scoring every game now, but they're still winning. And uh, they're on a roll. And uh, I think they're playing good football. And Ancelotti is a shrewd uh, customer, and I think that um, they're going to have a successful season. I think, yeah, definitely. Whatever happens to Hamis Rodriguez, West Ham does Corkill come into this match in tenth position. David Moyes has taken a lot of stick, but I think Arvin pointed out in one of the previous shows this is probably his best stint at a manager for a long, long time at West West Ham. Best stint as a manager since Everton. He's going back to. Uh, a team who he set up in a very similar similar kind of way. Everton are still celebrating their second title of the year, by the way. So I expect a bit of a come down at some stage. He's still digging at them. <laughs> uh, but West Ham, you know what? I, I probably have got to change my mind about West Ham. I 
was convinced that they were dire and would go right down to the uh, to the bottom after a, a couple of early wins. They have carried on. They've got that, uh, that, uh, that a little bit of uh, buoyancy and confidence about them. They are scoring a, a reasonable number of goals. They're showing resilience. Their first half performance against Brighton, for example, was woeful. But then they came back twice to equalise. Both ugh, horrible, nixy, horrible efforts. But very Moyes Everton style. Yeah, exactly. I can, maybe, I can maybe see West Ham doing a Moyes Everton or Moyes West Ham doing a, a Moyes Everton on the uh, Ancelotti Everton, if that makes any sense whatsoever. I fancy West Ham to, to upset Everton's title celebrations. Mm. All right. Well, that one is uh, half past one. That one kicks off Everton against West Ham. Manchester United take on Aston Villa at 4 a.m. on Saturday. Arvin Sidhu, United looking to extend their unbeaten record in the Premier League to 10 matches. They are on a good run. Under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, are, are you surprised that he's? Do you think he's turned the corner? As uh, he seems to have rediscovered some fighting spirit. Uh, question: We talked about whether genuine Premier League challenges. I, I don't think that's something that we can define yet. But clearly, this is all kind of building up towards January seventeenth or maybe January eighteenth hour time, isn't it? When Man United go away to Liverpool. It would be one year since United has lost away from home. That's whatever you say about Ole. That's an incredible record. But he's going up against a, a Villa squad who are punching above their weight and doing really well as well. So if there was a game this weekend, besides the Tottenham Leeds game, for obvious reasons that I would say, this would be the game of the weekend as well because this, is, this has got two teams who are right on good form right now. Uh, but again, United, when I looked at that game when they won against Wolves, again, for me, since Bruno Fernandes has come into the Premier League, there's no better player. The amount of goals and assists that he's involved in that glorious pass that he gave. Yes, Rashford, it, it, it took a deflection, no doubt. But without that pass, yep. it doesn't work. Yep. So for me, Bruno Fernandes is best, best player in the Premier League since he's arrived. Now, Bob, too much reliance on, on one player. What if the hamstring twangs this weekend and, and he's out for six weeks or something like that? They, they're up the creek, aren't they? Oh, you're talking about Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, now. exactly. Um, well, yes, I agree. He, I think he's the player of the year, isn't he? Player of last year. Uh, definitely. If there's a vote on it now, I think he would, he would win it. Um, he has carried United. Uh, and don't forget, they were, uh, when he joined, um, I mean, they got hammered by Liverpool, or hammered 2-0, but it was a hammering. Um, and, you know, they were all over the place. And he was their the sort of lone star um, he kept their heads above water, and then this season he's really flourished. Uh, so they couldn't afford to lose him. No, um, it would be a, an even bigger blow to United, I think, than what uh, Van Dijk's injury has been to Liverpool. Um, I mean, he was considered indispensable, but they've managed to cover for him. I don't think that United have got the resources. They've not got anybody who can step into his shoes. Um, so, uh, but that doesn't mean they're going to buy somebody in January because it hasn't happened yet, but they don't have cover in that position. Um, so yeah, they've got to wrap him in a bit of cotton wool, I think. Absolutely. Wouldn't Paul Pogba come into the category of somebody who is, might be capable of stepping up if he got his attitude right? Uh, Different type of player, though, isn't he? Yeah, but he should be, he should be doing what Fernandez has been doing. Yeah. This would be my Agreed. Opinion. 
all, all along. He's he's playing a nice little Scott McTominay kind of role at United Park at the moment, which is great. Except he costs ninety million quid, and McTominay costs nothing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but Pogba, if you spend ninety million quid, I think you're expecting a little bit more. All right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, one point can I say? If Villa win their two games in hand, they go second. Exactly. Let's not write them off. I was just going to say, opponents Villa come into the game in fifth position, Arvid. Are we surprised at how well? I mean, last year they were they were only fighting relegation at the beginning of the year, weren't they? They were, but uh, no, it's just down to recruitment, getting it right. Dean Smith has done a factor a lot, but for me, one of the best right backs in the Premier League as well. Konsa has come in at centre back, shows that they've got a partnership there. There's a less reliance on Grealish. Grealish has stepped up his game, but there's a lesser reliance on him. And Ollie Watkins bangs in the goals and, 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 and Martinez in, in goal. So it's all been down to recruitment and they've been able to get it right from the start because they identified what they needed and they went out and got it. So no surprises there. Uh, but yeah, they've been playing some good stuff as well. And so for me, this is a game that I really look forward to this weekend. Yeah, Bob, Aston Villa this season. Um, maybe they're not surprising because they've got a, a team of good players. And we said at the start of the season, their recruitment's really good. And now it's showing it's bearing fruit, right? Yeah, absolutely. They, they are, um, I think they've shown a, a few clubs up, haven't they, um, in how to get players that will automatically, immediately fit into the way the team plays. Great research done. And uh, But don't forget that uh, Tom McGinn has also played a big part and he was missing for much of last season. He was a, He's a key man in midfield and he was injured um, and they missed him badly. That's why they went down and had to fight a relegation battle. But the way Barclay in particular, although he's out at the moment, the way he's fitted in, he has an almost telepathic understanding with Jack Grealish um, you know, you know, they played together for England, but not barely played a game, I think, before he joined. So I don't think there was too much that um, developed there. But they seem to click immediately. And uh, the balance of the side is right. I mean, they've they got the spine right. They got a, a decent goalkeeper for a start. Yeah. Um, probably Arsenal's best keeper. Uh, very, very solid Uh Emmy Martinez, been, been at Arsenal for 10 years, on, under the radar, hardly played in the first team. And yet we saw when he came in for Leno, what a great keeper he was. And I was amazed that they let him go for 20 million. Um, I mean, he's, he's been outstanding for Villa. When you've got a guy like that at the back, one of the best keepers in the Premier League, I would say, this season, uh, gives great confidence to a side. So all the way through, they've got good players. And Watkin. Ollie Watkin from Brentford. I mean, championship pedigree, you know, there's going to be doubts about him, but he's taken to it like a duck to water as well. So, you know, full marks to Dean Smith there. Brilliant stuff. Man United versus Aston Villa. It's a Saturday 4 a.m. kickoff. We're off for another break. Stick with us. Back with more. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. We wondered if he'd make a difference. So he beats him all ends up, doesn't he? Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks for joining us. First show of the brand new year with Bob Holmes, Des Corkill, and Arvin Sidhu. As usual, you can tweet us. You can also tweet at BFM Radio and follow us on social media. It's BFM Football. 
on Instagram and on Facebook. And do check out our YouTube channel, TFIF on video. Right, on with our preview. Match week 17, Tottenham Hotspur versus Leeds is Saturday at 8.30pm. Uh, Tottenham's match in midweek against Fulham uh, on Thursday was called off Arvin Sidhu. So they're going to come into this one fresh, but your lot, Leeds, come into this one off the back of a 5-0 win, which has got to be great. Yeah, Tottenham got six days rest. Uh, Jose was, was was unhappy with the postponement because of how late it came. He made a comment of it being the best league in the world, but you, you need to get your coordination of these things, right? But yeah, the game of the weekend, I mean, you've got the, the one that sits back and the one that keeps going forward. So something has to give, or it might or it might not. So that makes for interesting reading. Uh, but yeah, Leeds have got the second most shots in the Premier League after Liverpool. You would expect them to kind of shoot at uh, on site against Spurs. But Spurs on the break, with, we've seen Kane, we've seen Son, what they can do. Leeds ha- have to be careful here. They, they cannot commit too much forward. But Bielsa, knowing Bielsa, that's the way he does it. So it's going to make a very interesting meeting. If anything, this game is going to be on the knife edge for me because anything could happen. Uh, Leeds could outrun Spurs players. Uh, Eric Dyer has played every game, including cup games for, for Spurs. He's not had any rest. Jose has come on and said Tango and Dombele can't last 90 minutes. So those are things that Leeds probably will try and look at exploiting if they can outrun Spurs. But then again, Spurs have had that rest. So yeah, like I said, very interesting reading for this one. Strangely, on a little dip of form at the moment, <clears throat> our, our Jose Mourinho's Tottenham, there's Colquill. Um, Who do you fancy this one? Do you reckon there'll be goals? Will it be VAR-tainted? Almost certainly. Almost certainly. I can see Mourinho sprinting on and crossing for the winning goal in the 104th minute. because This one has controversy written all over it. It really does. Just for some reason, you look at it and go, something really newsworthy is going to happen here. Because Jose's been whinging and moaning. He whinges if the team plays. He whinges if the team don't play. He whinges if he's not told that he should have got up at four o'clock in the morning rather than five o'clock in the morning. It's typical um, uh, 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 Mourinho. And he's just trying to wind up Leeds and Leeds are just going to run into Tottenham and there'll be collisions all over the place. This will be talked about for every day this game. I've just got this feeling about this match. Do not miss this one. And I can see Tottenham winning it with a disputed, extraordinarily controversial late goal or something just to uh, pull, pull the air from, from Leeds' lungs because they've, they've had that big win. So now they're due a downer. That's the Leeds way. And the Tottenham way is to be horrible and stuffy. We'll hold you to that, Des. We'll yeah. hold you to that. Bob, Des has set us up nicely for a nil-nil, hasn't he? <laughs> Absolutely. I don't, I don't think I'll even bother watching it now. <laughs> Nothing to see there. You wait and see. I've got a feeling in my bones about this. <laughs> we often accuse Bielsa of, 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 of um, maybe being too gung-ho. Do you reckon this is the type of game where he needs to sit back a little bit? Uh, well, they weren't gung-ho. They kept two clean sheets, you know, and uh, they, they weren't gung-ho. Um, in the last couple of games, um, he knows how to defend. He does this because he believes it's the best way to win. And I mean, if only a few more managers were like that, uh, you know, football would be even better. Um, Perhaps he should have a beer with Mourinho and, uh, you know, see what they come up with in a brainstorming session. No, I mean, they can defend. I mean, 
Calvin Phillips. I mean, they've got one of the best defensive midfielders, shielders of the back four in the game. I mean, he's. I think he's up there with uh, Declan Rice. Um, I, you know, I I think he could well be number one choice for England. Um, I mean, he's a superb player, superb reader of the game. Um, so Leeds and Leeds are, are very physical. They're very fit. So they can get about the field. They cover more kilometers, and it's you can say kilometers, than just about anybody else mm. in a game. Uh, so they're not an easy touch at all. Having said that, I mean, Spurs do have the rapier-like strike force of Son and Kane. But, um, you know, I think, I think Leeds can give Spurs a really good game here. And it will be a test for that Spurs defence. You mentioned Dyer. Yes, I think he's due a rest. And uh, you've got fullbacks who can be a little bit dodgy. Aurier and Davis, if he plays. Um, so Spurs are far from watertight. And Mourinho will be incandescent if they don't get three points here because he's looking at playing, thanks to the backlog of fixtures, he's looking at playing seven games in 16, match, in 16 days at the, uh, at one, in the coming weeks. So uh, he, he won't want to be passing up points at this stage. They've had a little blip, but uh, I think this will be a very, very interesting game. All right. It's the early kickoff on Saturday. Tottenham against Leeds is Saturday at 8.30 p.m. West Bromwich Albion take on a resurgent Arsenal uh, Sunday at 4 a.m. this one. Sam Allardyce says that football, Arvin Sidhu, maybe needs a break after the recent rise in positives in the COVID-19 testing that's going around in the Premier League. Do you agree it needs a rest? I mean, there are a higher number of players now positive, aren't they? He's saying they need a rest because obviously he's in the predicament that he is. <laughs> uh, you will hear that from the managers at the bottom end of the table. The question that Big Sam has to ask himself is that he predicted Arsenal would be in a relegation dogfight. He's going to need to perform against Arsenal this week. The question Big Sam needs to ask himself is, will he leave his two best attackers like Matthias Pereira and Philip Kronovic on the bench like he did against Leeds? That's the questions that Big Sam needs to ask himself. So my concern with Big Sam is that while he's got that bulletproof relegation CV that he's never been relegated and him keeping up Sunderland was one of the biggest achievements. Is this a bit too far for him? Because at the end of the day, that West Brom team, it's, it's a championship team that there's just, I just feel there's not enough quality there to, to stay in the Premier League. Conor Gallagher helps them out. But when, when you have your, your left backs, like, like Gibbs getting injured, Conor Townsend out, and you bring Lee Peltier in, it, it, it doesn't bode well. So Big Sam's got a lot of questions I think he needs to ask himself, but he's just saying that because he wants, obviously, the fixtures to be moved so he spends more time with these players and drills them down to what he needs them to do. Be interesting to see if Big Sam actually will have any money to spend come, come January. Um, but uh, yeah, Arsenal, Des Corkill, um, picking up, and I guess on paper, West Brom is probably a good opponent to have the way Arsenal are, are right now. Yeah, as with Bob uh, earlier, really quite a while. Uh, Emil uh, Smith-Rowe, for example, has been there for 
four or five years. He played on that Malaysia tour a couple of years ago and impressed. So, um, oh, sorry, the Singapore tour when they came over and he impressed. So they've got quality. Aubameyang uh, is a sensational talent. Lacazette was much sought after. So Arsenal, to me, will be competing for Europe because they're only two wins away from a top six place. That's how tight and how congested this league is. So you can go through a bad run and because nobody's yet gone on a sensational run of wins, although somebody will in the second half of the season. So Arsenal can get up into that top six. And I think West Brom, after the 6-4 heroics and the comeback in the match against Liverpool, they were far more attack-minded with a 5-4-1 against Leeds. I, I, I tell you, if you go out and not try to win games, you get exactly what you deserve. And if Allardyce doesn't try to go out and try and win games, West Brom, who are five points adrift from safety, will not get anything. Because the point here and a point there isn't enough. You've got to go and get three points for a win. That was the whole point of introducing three points for a win, to encourage teams to go and win. And Allardyce, with that squad, if he sets up 6-4 or 5-4-1, is not going to win enough points, no matter how his reputation is. I, I, I worry for West Brom as much as I worry for uh, Sheffield United. All right. The Gunners are looking for a third win on the bounce. It is a Sunday 4 a.m. kickoff. West Bromwich Albion against Arsenal. Uh, final break. Stick with us. Back with Newcastle, Leicester and the big one, Chelsea, Man City. Next. Lovely football, speed of that little passage of play. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. A two-goal lead, a picture for goal, and that should be job done. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Thanks for sticking with us. First show of the brand new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope it all... Well, we all need a break, don't we? We all need some good fortune in 2021 and by we all i mean absolutely everybody <laughs> there's Corkill, bob holmes and arvin sidhu joining me to preview match week 17 happening um at the weekend and of course new year's day english football is great it doesn't rest newcastle versus leicester city could be good fun bob um it's a sunday 10 15 uh, PM kickoff. The Geordies got an impressive point against Liverpool on Wednesday. Can they build on that? Or will the empty St. James's Park still boo Steve Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you talk about building on things. Uh, there isn't much of that being done this season, is there? It's a seesaw uh, uh, season and I think that there's more chance of having an asterisk against this season than there was last season, actually. Uh, because it seems a little bit more distorted. Last season, they managed to get it done uh, in reasonable fashion. This season, uh, even if they're able to continue playing, which is questionable given the number of cases in the UK right now, um, it's going to be incredibly crowded, the fixture list. And there's going to be even stranger results, I think, uh, coming. And we're already getting some pretty strange ones. I mean, Liverpool beating Crystal Palace seven away from home and then being held uh, nil-nil by Newcastle. I mean, that's about as strange as it gets, isn't it, really? Um, you know, so it's very hard to forecast. And uh, it makes it exciting, yes. Um, it's an open race. And you can't take your eyes off it. Mm. It, it, really, it really is um, 
I think it's probably a one-off season, this, actually. Um, I think things may settle down once, uh, once all this is over. Um, but uh, getting back to this game, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if, if New- Newcastle didn't even win this game, you know? I mean, it's, it's like that. Uh, yeah, on paper, Leicester should stroll it, shouldn't they? I mean, they've got Vardy in pretty good form, goal-scoring form, um, and Newcastle's defence, although they played heroically against Liverpool, um, on paper isn't anything to shout about. Uh, you can't expect Darlow to have another game of the season, uh, what, 48 hours later. Uh, all points to a Leicester win. But as I say, you wouldn't rule anything out. Maybe there's a bit of pressure on, on Brendan Rodgers going into this one because Crystal Palace held Leicester to a 1-1 draw in midweek. Um, expected to win that one, maybe, Brendan Rodgers, that the way Leicester City are going, or expectancy levels too high, Des? Uh, for Leicester, expectancy levels are great high because they've got a good squad. I think the one thing they are missing, and uh, a few people have pointed out, Yanecho uh, came in, missed the penalty, had that header, which was arguably an even, even better chance that hit him on the shoulder in, in the one-all against, against Palace. But uh, Bob just said something fantastic. He said, you can't take your eyes off this league. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's why we don't need breaks. That's why we need 48 hours between games. That's why we need teams who have got millions to spend with injury crises. Just sensational because it's not predictable. It's not boring. You look at every game, you go, oh, Palace lost 7-0 and 3-0. Oh, and, and they could win here. <laughs> so, uh, and, uh, and Leicester, you know, uh, sorry, in the last game against and Leicester. And Leicester, will they win? They can score five against Man City and then they can draw against Palace and be second best. And so it, it's a fan. Fantastic, fantastic thing of what football is meant to be all about. It's tight, as close and as tense as you can possibly have it. Uh, can Leicester win? Yes. Can, um, can they lose? Absolutely. Can Newcastle turn it on again? Probably not because they're not very good and they raise their game against Liverpool. But Bob said it. It's impossible to take your eyes off this league this season. It's great. It's great. I think this one will be a good game. I think there will be goals. Newcastle-Leicester is Sunday, 10.15 p.m., Chelsea take on Man City in arguably the game of the New Year's Day fixtures. It's a Monday, half past midnight kickoff, this one. It was Chelsea 1, Aston Villa 1 in midweek. Um, Chelsea stuttering suddenly with, with Thomas Tuchel available after his dismissal from PSG, Arvin. Uh, a, a lot of, as the press might work, uh, um, Lampard is under a bit of pressure, you reckon? Yes, uh, I mean... We, we don't like managers being given the boot, not enough of time to work things out. But when you've spent the amount of money that you have, he's got one win in five. Uh, no coincidence that the drip in form has been when Hakim Ziyech has been out of the squad because I felt like when he came in, he really gave them a different lift. Uh, but they need a result badly because when, when you look at who's out there, besides Tuchel, you've got Allegri out there who's available as well. Obviously, Fabrizio Romano, very well-respected, has come on and said that Roman Abramovich has given Lampard uh, the, the word of confidence that he's here to stay, but that does not mean anything. And we know how Roman can be. If he doesn't see his investment bringing the returns that he needs, Lampard will be shown the door, unfortunately. Um, I was reading a very interesting piece, um, and it, it was how Kai Havertz and Timo Werner haven't done it, haven't done it in, the, in the English league so far. Obviously, it's new for them. But Alan Shearer came out and said, the next time Chelsea are given a penalty, give it to Timo Werner. 
don't mm-hmm. give it to someone like Jorginho. Give mm-hmm. it to Tibo Moena because when he starts feeling that, that feeling of getting a goal, hopefully that will help him. So I found that quite interesting reading. But Chelsea go into this one needing the result much more than Man City. It's quite obvious to the watching football fan that um, Lampard is trying to shoehorn Werner and, and Tammy Abraham up front, where may, a lot of Chelsea fans have pointed out on social media. Doesn't, wouldn't he prefer the number nine role, Des? Because um, they specifically asked for Des. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but any truth in that? Is Werner playing out, being played out of position, you reckon, Des? So he had that uh, that central position at Leipzig. But when you see him playing for Germany, he wanders all over. They can play left and right and centre. Uh, the modern football in this 4-3-3, you look at Salah, they play left, right, centre, sometimes, sometimes up top. You need that versatility. And uh, well, word in Liverpool is that that lack of versatility is what persuaded Jurgen Klopp not to break the bank. That and one or two moralistic issues going on at the time surrounding COVID. But that was one of the reasons why Klopp wasn't prepared to break the bank for Timo Werner. Many people thought it was a mistake for Liverpool not to chase him because they'd been after him for a long time. And I think that's maybe being uh, uh, borne out. But Werner's good enough. Abraham can't play elsewhere. I, I think there is a problem. Abraham is a number nine and a number nine only. Whereas Timo Werner is good enough to, to be a Salah to go left, to go right. And uh, I just need to remind you again, it's another Liverpool reference, but Luis Suarez missed chances galore in his first season with Liverpool. He was getting in positions and mm. people were talking about his strike rate, a one in eight chances, something. And they're talking similarly about Werner. I'm not saying Werner's a, a Luis Suarez, but you just give these guys a time to adapt. And uh, uh, as Alvin said, I think it was, if he gets a penalty, puts the yeah. ball into the back yeah. of the net, you'll see Timo Werner really, really flourish. He's, he's, a, he's a terrific player. He really well, is. He just, yeah. he just needs a bit of time. Absolutely. Uh, but Chelsea need to win this. Chelsea must win this. Otherwise, City get closer and Chelsea, who played more games than anybody else, drop down. This is huge, huge for Chelsea. City were going along nicely until they were hit quite hard by COVID. Uh, their game against Everton was postponed. Apparently, they, I think there's, there are reports that there are four, up to four first-team players out, uh, two of which we know, Gabriel Jesus and Carl Walker, Bob Holmes. But before all that, City were going along nicely, winning games, keeping clean sheets. Uh, nicely, but not, uh, not quite up to the standards of their two title-winning seasons. And I, I think there's been a significant drop in performance level uh, just about everywhere on the field. And I don't think Pep can quite put his finger on it. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, Kevin De Bruyne, I mean, he was outstanding uh, the last two years and, uh, you know, deservedly uh, football of the year in, I think, the writer's uh, idea. Um, but he's not been the same uh, player this year at all. And uh, some, there's something missing. And Pep, even Pep can't put his finger on it. So I think this is actually quite a big game for City as well. Uh, I mean, I think Pep's future is a little bit more secure than Frank Lampard's. But they're not up to their usual standards. And with the the uh, title race being so open and United in particular being being up there. Uh, it must bother City fans and the owners uh, that, that City are not are not sort of performing. 
And uh, if they've got a serious problem with COVID, they're going to be they're going to be weakened. And uh, they uh, the only good thing is that John Stones has come back. Uh, he was being written off by many people, but he's uh, he's got his head down. He's been there five years now. And he really looked out of sorts at one time, didn't he? He never looked as if he'd play for Pep again. But he seems now to be uh, preferred to Laporte at, at the back. So they have been a bit more solid at the back, but at the expense of the goals drying up. I mean, Raheem Sterling, he was scoring 30 goals last season. Uh, he hasn't got many. He doesn't seem to be able to find the net. And Jesus is, is uh, he's out now with COVID. He, he wasn't uh, having a very good season anyway. Aguero has missed most of the season. He's come back in as a sub a couple of times. But I, I think he's some way away from being match fit. But he'll probably play. Uh, so, yeah, a big, a big game this. And uh, I think it's very, very important for both uh, both teams and it's, it's virtually impossible to say which way this will go. Brilliant. Nicely previewed. Chelsea Man City then Monday, half past midnight. That one kicks off. And there you have it. That's our New Year's Day show. First show of the year. Uh, many more to come. In fact, we're back on, back on Monday to, to look back on this weekend. For now, I say thank you to Des Corkill. And here's to 2021 being COVID-19 free as quickly as possible and VAR free. <laughs> Thank you to Arvin Sidhu. Happy New Year. March on 2021 and hopefully leads stay up because that's the aim. Thank you and Happy New Year to Bob Holmes as well. Yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. And I'm not sure which is worse, actually, VAR or COVID at this point. After listening to Des anyway. <laughs> yeah, good point. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Speak to you Monday. Bye. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball on BFM 89.9. It is now. It's Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.